Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a whopper-sized episode for everyone. We're going to chat a little bit about our way-too-early 2022 power rankings, our top five team predictions for 2022, but we are also going to be reacting to all of the transfer news that has been taking place recently ahead of the expansion and NWSL draft. Before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe so that you never miss a new video, an interview, or whenever we go live. Plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights on youtube.com slash Attacking Third. Also, in case you haven't noticed, Spotify Wrapped is out. So if you give your top songs and top podcasts for the year and uh, let us know that Attacking Third is in your uh, top uh, podcast, just tweet at us. We want to know. We want to hear from you. That stuff is exciting. I know Lisa and I were checking out our Spotify wrapped, and there were some there were some moments of like attacking third in there. But is there is there anything that like you maybe felt a little guilty was on there, Lisa? Like I know that there's some people who are like, oh no, I'm getting exposed by Spotify right now. I'm not exposed at all. I had Taylor Swift in my top, and I'm a proud Taylor Swift <laughs> fan. Also, of course, attacking third, but also Kay Galazzo, uh, my home that I started with at CBS. Kay Galazzo, I still tune into uh, that show for attacking third that covers soccer in the premier league and uefa and uh luis my buddy um that so that was in my <laughs> top but yeah taylor swift no i'm not exposed by that i'm a fan and I'm i love it, it. <laughs> say it say it proudly i'm into that i was uh i my favorite set was that i was like in the one percent of like bad bunny's top listeners and i was like yes i am yes. correct that is that is correct um but yeah let us know we're we're excited to see a few people have already kind of we saw that uh, a couple of Twitter users have already sort of let us know in our mentions that that they've been with us since the beginning of this. And it's crazy to think that we have over 60 episodes and we only launched in July of 2021. We're getting our 100th episode. It's coming it's, up right now. We're at like 92, 93, I think is, is really where we're at for podcast episodes. Um, yeah. I'm pumped for our 100th. We got big things. It's a, it's a, it's insane, and I think it's a little <laughs> maybe that's a good transition because we're going to talk about maybe uh, some of the chaos here. So what we're going to do this is uh, we're going to sort of walk everybody through this in, in a certain kind of way. So uh, what Lisa and I have done for this episode is we have talked about uh, what we think could possibly be a, a power rankings for twenty twenty two, and power rankings are just based on like our perceptions of what 
you know, we're looking at from the performances of this prior season and like who we think can maybe make a leap or a drop into next year. And we're going to get a chance to talk about these teams in a way uh, that they're not actually impacted from some of the trades that have been happening uh, this week. And uh, I know you and I, Lisa, are really excited about it because it's also going to give us the opportunity to really take a look at those two new expansion teams that maybe on paper prior to some of these trades, it's like, well, how can you really rank an expansion side? There's always that historical component to it where it's like, listen, anytime there's been an expansion franchise in the NWSL, they have struggled a little bit out of the gate, but there's a little bit of a different energy uh, in this, as this off season window and transfer window has sort of uh, kicked off. Are you excited to get to chatting about all this? Oh, I was so excited. We knew the offseason was going to be nuts. And we had already discussed this type of podcast where we look ahead to 2022 and, and put out our, quote, way too early power rankings, because how can you really tell what a team is going to do next season? Uh, but we can and we can tell. And now that all these trades have slowly been happening and slowly emerging, um, it changes a, a little bit of what we're looking at and what we're looking at for the future. I'm pumped to dive into it. We're going to give you guys our top five, but we are going to touch on every single team. And as Sandra mentioned, now 12 teams in the NWSL, which is huge, welcoming San Diego and Angel City. Um, I love it. I love that there are now 12 teams. Heck yeah. I know. Me too. Let's let's hop right into it. So probably unshockingly to a lot of people out there, number one uh, for our, our top five teams, we've got Washington Spirit. We went with the 2021 NWSL champions. Uh, you know, that, that team, once they win that big one in the end, right, that team always has, uh, that particular team always has a, a little bit of a target on their back, right, going into the next season because they're the team to, to take down, and that is the Washington Spirit in this case. So 2021 champions, they have a mix of, you know, they have a mix of, of experienced veterans, right, but this really young core of players that we had a blast covering during the 2021 season, uh, players who are only going to continue to improve right and get better uh with time as they grow and as professionals in the in the league uh trinity rodman we talked a lot about she's the 2021 rookie of the year players like ashley sanchez and i would even include somebody like an andy sullivan in that mix someone who's you know got drafted by this club and has sort of been in this dc area system uh for for some time but in terms of the offseason news impacting our number one power ranked team lisa um, there's there's some discussions right now we've seen out there, right? Rumored and reported that that interim uh, head coach uh, Chris Ward hasn't been named officially head coach, but there are ongoing conversations, right, or preliminary conversations about that. Um, and in terms of the player side of things, this team has made a trade with one of those expansion sides. So uh, Tegan McGrady was traded to San Diego uh, Wave FC. And uh, there is a bit of roster protection uh, within that for for Washington Spirit and uh, some picks that were shuffled in the mix as well. But uh, in your perspective, sort of seeing like how we pick them to jump and then kind of looking into this week and sort of seeing the rumored conversations about Chris Ward and then seeing them trade out one of those young, promising players that we were talking about. Are you still sort of feeling confident in, in, our, in our pick here at number one? I am. I. How can you not pick Washington Spirit as the number one power ranked team for next year? Even if you look at this team with horse blinders on and you look at just 
Um, maybe them winning the championship. Okay, yes, they're going to be in our top five for 2022. But also, if you take off those horse blinders and you look at the evolution of this team over the last year or two, even, I think at the start of the 2021 season, Sandra, they were your dark horse to make it to the playoffs. Um, they won the whole thing. They did it. And not a lot of people saw that coming. Um, not only did they have coaching change in the middle of their season and all of the adversity that they faced off the pitch. But Chris Ward came in as the interim head coach of this team and changed everything. This team went from inconsistent and and lots of ups and downs and trying to mold these new players to a veteran team to finding consistency, having a coach that really looked at all players on the roster, not just the starters to kind of change things up on the field, to read the play. Um, We spoke with Tegan McGrady, who is now headed to San Diego, but one thing that she really emphasized about this team and head coach, or excuse me, interim head coach, Chris Ward, is that you never really knew who was going to be in the starting lineup. And I think that kind of energy um, keeps a team fresh, especially as you go into a new season with new competition, with expansion clubs coming in. Uh, They also have rookie of the year, Trinity Rodman on this squad and Ashley Hatch, um, incredible goalkeepers and defense, but it's really the players that aren't the superstars that make so much work for this Washington spirit team and allow them to be humble which allows them to grow and not expect that they're going to win every single game and go out and fight and scrap. I keep Washington spirit at the top of my list for next season. Um, As it stands, of course, they're number one for me. You know, I think one of the other components of, of like watching all of these trades unfold is that the, the fact that the expansion draft this year is, is essentially a double expansion draft. You know, that there's two teams in the mix vying for for players right from from remaining clubs in the league so with this move for uh tegan mcgrady to to san diego wave uh it's it only maybe kind of gives them partial right um mm-hmm. partial protection right there's still i'm sure people are like curious about like what's going to happen with uh, angel city uh is washington spirit just going to you know, go ahead and pursue, you know, the regular, the regular role in an expansion draft, or are there going to be con- a, continuing, a continuation of um, potential rumors and, and trades and moves like that? Because we're starting to see that a lot um, with those two particular expansion teams, that teams are clearly reaching out, right, and trying to gauge interest and then kind of maybe making their decision based off of that. So uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to uh, take a look and see what else uh, happens uh, for the for the remaining teams. Uh, I think if you're Washington Spirit, though, maybe you do try to gauge something, perhaps, you know, because like we've talked a lot about it. There's a lot of promising players on on that team. And, and if Angel City is still looking, right, maybe you are trying to still have those conversations with that team uh, as well. Um, but let's uh, let's let's move on. Let's take a let's take a look at our number two team that we went with, Lisa. And number two in our way too early power rankings, we have OL Rain. So we chose OL Rain. Uh, we chose them knowing that the team was going to look different. Um, this was a team that really had this amazing second hand push, and they went ahead with some phenomenal performances from their French players, right? Players that they got on loan 
from uh, from Olympic Lyon. And we're talking about, you know, Sarah Boadi in gold, Jennifer Marozan, Eugenie Le Sommer. And they had Laura Harvey join them midseason as well. And they just went on this epic, epic run all the way to the 2021 semifinal. But looking back at some of the verbiage on those initial contracts, right? Lisa talked a little bit about how those players were going to be with the club through December 2021. It's officially December 2021. And there's no, there's no, there hasn't been an official word, right, on, on those players, but Considering the original wording, the loan is completed and done. So I'm a little curious as to how this team is is going to look when those three players played such a key role in that push to the semifinals. Um, Do you think potentially, you know, not knowing how they're going to replace those players is going to, like, we're going to come back and look at this number two spot and say, ooh, yikes, we shouldn't have put them at number two. What what are you, what's your vibe around all rain right now? I do maybe for see us saying that come next June, July, when the season is, is almost halfway done. Um, but this all rain team, even if you look back at the 2021 season at the start of the season, they really weren't anything special. They didn't have that much going for them. Um, but it takes time and it takes uh, games and day in and day out for teams to find that momentum. And once OL Rain hit their stride, they didn't slow down there. They had a lot of ups and downs, but then once they got going, it was win after win after win, riding them all the way into a number two spot for a first round by in the 2021 playoffs. So because of that, also coupling that with the fact that Laura Harvey stepped into coach in the middle of the season. And since she stepped in named coach of the year, she had a tremendous run with the team. Um, Her being there and now being able to kind of craft her team with the expansion draft, potentially understanding what's going to happen there. Um, And then the college draft and looking at different players to come on loan or to be traded throughout the league. I believe that Laura Harvey can put together a really fantastic team. And even if she doesn't get the players with in- incredible skill, um, even though she already has a lot on her roster that are very individually talented, she has the mindset to be able to move people around in different formations, think outside the box um, and-, and put the best combination of players together on the field. So I hope that we don't regret putting all rain at number two, but I honestly don't think we will because uh, they've proven that they can really do anything on the field and and surprise a lot of different people in the league and and around the world with who they get. And who knows, maybe they'll get some more lone players next season. Um, It's very possible. Uh, But I I like to keep all rain at number two right now. It's despite not knowing. And that's the best part about this episode is that we have no idea and we get to speculate and, and hope we're right. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, even with those three big players, they still have a ton of talent on that roster. Somebody like a Bethany Balser, right? Somebody like a Sofia Huerta, uh, Quinn in the midfield for them. Jess Fishlock, who's been with the team for a very, very long time. And I'm and I'm also just sort of curious to see like how Laura Harvey gets involved in this offseason as well, because she has historically not been somebody who has really utilized the drafts in the past. Uh, it was almost a little bit of a um, NWSL, you know, culture type of joke where it's like, oh, is Laura Harvey actually going to make a trade to trade out of, of the draft, right? So I'm very curious to sort of see how, how uh, you know, she utilizes her sort of GM cap 
and uh, this off season, uh, because there's been a couple, you know, a couple seasons already where uh, Laura Harvey's been absent from from the action, and now she's uh, making her return. So I'm excited to see what she's got in the mix uh, for this team. Uh, for number three, maybe we're actually getting into a little bit of rivalry waters here. We've got Portland Thorns FC and our way too early power rankings. Uh, we understand again. We're talking a little bit a lot about about this already, but. Looking at this Portland Thorns team as it stands heading into 2022, similar to all rain, there's uh, some unknowns. You know, the there are rumors of the MVP candidate in Angela Salem potentially stepping away from the game. Uh, Crystal Dunn uh, said at the end of the season, as the Portland Thorns were heading on to their uh, playoff run, that she is expecting her first child with her husband, so she will be out due to pregnancy. And there have been those longstanding rumors of a player like Lindsay Huran uh, to possibly seek opportunities overseas uh, in, in France. And not only that, there was a huge change in the head coaching position, which a lot of people knew was coming already because the club had gotten in front of it. And uh, the departure of Mark Parsons came after six years with the Thorns at the conclusion of their 2021 run in the uh, uh, semifinals there. And they have made some, some moves right in this off season already, but it hasn't necessarily been, on the player side of things. Mm -hmm. So we had an interview with Karina LeBlanc on the show, who is now their new general manager. Um, they have made the official uh, announcement of their new head coach and Ryan Wilkinson, uh, who the both of them together will have to tackle this off season. Both, both of them, Canadian, former Canadian internationals and former Thorns players. So we're going to get a chance to see how they're going to fill those spots of their own potentially moving forward into uh, into 2022. Uh, but Mark Parsons has sort of left what's a little bit of a blueprint, I think, maybe for this team. This is another team maybe similar to, uh, to uh, Washington Spirit that we can look at uh, that has a young core in place. And a, a big thing that was talked about with the Portland Thorns during their 2021 run was that they had so much depth on the roster. So we're looking at players like uh, Tyler Lucy, who got picked up in the 2017 draft, Bella Bixie in the 2018 draft, Morgan Weaver and Sophia Smith, both in the 2020 draft. And then there's somebody like Olivia Moultrie, who's literally come up through their, uh, you know, Academy youth programs. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about keeping the thorns at number three. They've always sort of had this culture with, they constantly want to, compete. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are definitely in the mix in the regular table. And I wouldn't, and I don't think we're going to have regrets having them sort of in the top three in this power ranking. Remember Portland Thorns won three of the four awards that they could have won in the 2021 season. They won the challenge cup. They won the shield. They won the WICC. Uh, they, they know how to win and they have that winning culture and the winning history. I think that Despite player movement and things that are happening, I think losing Mark Parth Mark Parsons, head coach, is probably one of the biggest factors um, that maybe puts Portland at number three on this list and not number one or number two, because he has those players that he drafted in Tyler Lucy, Bella Bigsby, um, Morgan Weaver, Sophia Smith, that he, he, he drafted to have this culture. Mark Parsons always talks about the identity of his team and the cultures and the players buying into that type of culture. And, and he acquires those players at the youth program and through the academy. Um, and he really molds them to be the type of thorns that he wants to coach and the type of identity that he wants his team to have. And now having Rain Wilkinson at the helm as the head coach, 
we could see that identity shifting um, because she could have a different foundation that she wants to build this club on and, and her tenure there as a head coach. And, and that could look very different. Even having Karina LeBlanc, Karina LeBlanc as the GM, there could be shifts in personnel that we see, stylistic tactics that we see. But as you mentioned, Sandra, the depth at Portland is there. And they do have a lot of very talented players that can do a number of different things. So even if Wilkinson does want to change up tactics and formation, she still has such a core group of talented players to work with that gives her the flexibility, honestly, to change anything up that she wants. Um, so I think we have to keep Portland in in the top of our five teams because they are notorious for winning and doing well and and players are just bought in. There's something about going and playing at Portland Thorns um, that players want to do knowing that the home atmosphere they have, and, and we can't forget the 12th man in Providence Park, right? Like those fans, they they give the Thorns a lift whenever they're on the field. So I'm very uh, happy and pleased to keep Portland right at number three, despite all of the changes happening in the league right now. I'm with you. Let's get to our, our final two here at number four. We're putting New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC at number four of our way too early power rankings. Uh, we were just very impressed uh, with the run that they had in 2021. This is a team that did it with two different head coaches, right? In 2021, starting off the year with former head coach Freya Kuhn, who they lost uh, later into the midseason uh, due to uh, opportunity with Angel City. And then they brought on Scott, uh, Scott Parkinson from uh, formerly of, uh, an assistant at Chicago Red Stars. And they went on this amazing run. They started off as, as finalists, right, in the 2021 uh, Challenge Cup and then went on to compete in the regular season, always really kind of staying within that top six mix, never really out of the conversation. Uh, and even though it took until that final week of the regular season to ultimately clinch their place in the NWSL playoffs, they went ahead and they did that. And a big part of how they did what did that was seeing that return and somebody like Margaret Purse who came back from injury uh, was a huge bump for them and a boost down the stretch in that playoff push. And this was a player that they made a trade for already a couple of seasons ago. But you can already see some of the uh, payoff there. And if it's not even just on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well. The culture, the identity that is being built up around Gotham FC in connection with a player like Margaret Purse and also in somebody like Amani Dorsey and somebody like Enifio Anamani. So I think even with the some of the limited things that we've been seeing in this offseason, Lisa, like they've been announcing just um, the typical things, like players that they are not – uh, going to be extending uh, the options on their contracts, players whose who, whose loans have completed and now they're moving on, right? There hasn't been like a, a big move here or there yet, right? The key word is yet. Uh, but even with, with all of that in mind, I feel good with having Gotham here at number four. I think they only have room to grow. They went, they got eliminated in quarterfinals and I think it's, it's up and outwards from here versus taking a step back. How about you? Yeah, number four is definitely the highest I think I would ever put Gotham in, in the rankings for the 2022 season because um, there is a lot of room to grow, but they had a lot of the pieces towards the end of this season. They did make it into the playoffs, but couldn't really find the final piece for them to to make it all the way and to have that final push. They had a lot of 
even keeledness in, in their game and in their club. That's kind of what I'm going to say. That's how I'm going to word this. It's, it was very even. You knew what you were going to get. You knew what you expected from Gotham. There weren't really any surprises that came from it. You had good players in Margaret Purse that continuously did well. And defensively, they were a lockdown. Uh, but they had their slip-up moments and back and forth times for Gotham. But really, it was the same day in and day out. Whereas when you look at other teams, even Washington Spirit, yes, of course, they won. So that gives them a little bit of an edge. But they had a lot of young players and you didn't really know what you were going to get. And they had a lot of spunk and a lot of attitude. So for Gotham, I think having Scott Parkinson uh, did change things a little bit for this team um, based on what they could do. It was also a big year in 2021 for Carly Lloyd saying goodbye and now the emotional aspect of that is out the window. And now it's time to focus for Gotham. What can they do on the pitch to make themselves stand out? Because their standout in 2021 was the rebrand. They had kits and colors and a new name in Gotham FC. Now 2022, this is the year where this team can take their identity on the field and match it to their rebrand? Can they be just as exciting and just as fresh and new to the league, um, especially going up against some big competition uh, across the coast? I think that also plays a little bit of a factor into this because Gotham now not only will have to travel to Portland and, and Washington and OL Reign, but two other teams on the West Coast and those big cross-country travels time changes it all plays a factor but um lots of talented players and lots of talented pieces at Gotham FC that they'll make a run for the, a playoff push by the end of the 22 season I hear that and you know what I like that that is a good segue to our number five pick because we you we kind of viewed this number five this fifth this top five pick as like a dark horse pick for us and we wanted to be a little bit ambitious with this one but even within that ambition after the Washington spirit went and did what they did is I chose them as my dark horse. I'm like, you know what? I feel good about this one too. And we're going to get into why we're going with Kansas city current as our number five in the power rankings for our dark horse pick. They're already making moves in the off season. And really these, this kind of stemmed a little bit from their second half of the season. This was a franchise that, recognized immediately the place that they were in. They were in the bottom half of the table for the majority of the first half of the second of the season. And they knew during the second season, it was going to be a long grind. And they started looking ahead a little bit. They made moves in the mid season. They brought players in like Kristen Hamilton, Haley Mace. They made a huge move for their goalkeeper in Adriana French. And now in the off season, they're continuing those things in their final game. They also had the rebrand. They introduced the logo, the crest, emphasizing the colors and the new name. But they moved things around in the administrative side of things. Hugh Williams is no longer the head coach of this team. Kansas City is currently in the process of a search for a new head coach. Uh, tough first year, moving him into more of a front office administrative role. And obviously, we have to talk about it, Lisa. The biggest push, I think, for us putting this team in number five was the fact that they went out and made a trade for Sam Mewis in the midfield, because that now gives them three huge players in three key areas of the pitch. And it just sort of fell in that second half run of Kansas city. When they were playing that spoiler, it was like, gosh, it's like, what would it look like if they maybe had like, a, like one more piece or another piece there. And I think we're about to see it. I love this pick. Lisa. I'm glad we left that at number five. 
Me too. The hype for Kansas City really started at the second half, the end of the 2021 season. That's when all the buzz was starting to to happen. And, and Sandra, you and I, we talked about it. I was like, I cannot wait to see this Kansas City team next season. Once they've had a little bit of time to establish themselves, once they've gathered the right pieces and the right players, um, because you could already see what the potential was from Kansas City current at the end of the season being so disruptive to the playoff runs of every single team that they faced towards the end of it. And it wasn't just the home field advantage that they had. It was this little chip on their shoulder that Kansas City is last in the league and they can do anything. I think because of that, the players were so bought into the mindset of this underdog wrecking ball team that they could be um, that that's just going to roll over into next season because not a lot of people are going to have their eyes on Kansas City because of what they didn't do in the 2021 season. And as you mentioned, already this team is changing things for the better. Um, Hugh Williams, a, a great guy from every time I spoke with him, I don't know elsewise, but probably not the best choice for the head coach, more of a GM role, front office role for him, which I think is a good move for this club. They need someone that can be really keyed in on the players on this team and be so invested into building a club that can succeed. Um, And and that starts with a new head coach. We've already seen, uh, as you mentioned, the trades happening, getting Sam Mewis in the midfield for Kansas City is so huge. She is a playmaker on the ball, off the ball, her movement. I think her combined with Kristen Hamilton, even a Haley Mace that they acquired throughout the season uh, in the midfield, Sam Lewis alongside Lola Labonta, fire. That is fire right there. And, and the magic that can happen. Um, and it's just the mindset of this team is that underdog mentality that makes you think that they're going to surprise you by the end of the season and just be at the top. So I'm also saying, I don't think that this Kansas city team is going to come out and start the 2022 season going on a 10 and O streak winning streak, just crushing all of their opponents. I don't foresee that happening. However, I could foresee a lot of clean sheets happening, especially if they keep Adriana French in goal. That is a huge get for them because your team really needs to be built around defense and putting a brick wall in in front of the goal. That's the best way to do it. Now, can they turn that into consistent attacking offense? Honestly, yes. With players in the midfield like Sam Lewis that they just acquired can create a lot of different things. So hands down Kansas city, dark horse for 2022. I see it. I see the Kansas city current making their way towards the top of the table. I'm with you hundred percent. And honestly, we were really focused on our top five for sure. Numbers six through 12. I got to, I got to let the people know this. So we weren't too tied down into six through 12 on who exactly we thought was going to sort of shake things out in terms of the power ranking, which is funny. Cause you know, it's like, Oh, top six teams go to the playoffs. But even at that number six spot, uh, let's just let's just go through this really quickly. We'll actually go uh, six through twelve, and then we'll just sort of maybe talk about some of the teams uh, within that. At number six, we had Houston Dash. At number seven, we're going ambitious one more time and uh, locking in Angel City FC at number seven. We've got Chicago Red Stars falling to number eight. Uh, North Carolina Courage at number nine. San Diego Wave FC at number ten. Racing Louisville at number eleven, and Orlando Pride at number twelve. So people are probably going to feel some type of way about it. Uh, 
when they take a listen to these. But hey, we're just trying to have uh, some some fun here. But in terms of this number six through number 12, Lisa, who are you? What's a team that you want to point out and maybe fixate on a little bit and make a case for them? I want to start with the Houston Dash because we did subconsciously put them at number six because they were so close in the 2021 season. Yeah. They they just missed out on the playoffs. They got knocked out right at the very end, the very last game. Um, and I think they have a really promising future ahead of them. They have a team that's been established. They were the underdogs in the 2020 Challenge Cup winning that. So they have that taste of winning and, and the taste that they can continue to go on. Um, they don't have all of the pieces, though. That's why they're not in our top five. They have good players. Signing Michelle Prince uh, with a contract through the 2024 season is huge. I think Michelle Prince is a player that you can really build an offense around on this team. They also have players like Rachel Daly, Shea Groom, that are really bought into the Houston Dash mentality and that community. Um, This season was rough with all of the Olympics play and and losing players that happened Houston dash being the team that lost the most players in the 2021 season due to international play. But because of that, I think it will make them stronger for the 2022 season. However, still not in that top five, but a team that could make a push and we could see being a bit of those underdogs, having those games that can upset opponents and, and knock players off. Home was playing that wrecking ball mentality that Kansas city played at the end of the 21 season. So Houston Dash, I think they're a team that you have to keep an eye on for sure next year. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you on that 100%. They they remain that type of team during this 2021 season uh, as well. And I'm sure they're going to have that last final moment sort of circled as motivation for them. The fact that they got eliminated from playoffs on a tiebreaker, on a tiebreaker. That is tough. So uh, I, I like having him at number six. It is really rough to see how he got knocked out there, but I think it'll it'll almost spark a little bit of joy for them for next season. Uh, Sandra, I have to ask you, Chicago Red Stars. We put them at number eight. What are your yeah. thoughts? Well, you know what? Let's talk about let's talk about it both. We we went Angel City number seven and Chicago Red Stars number eight, and I think because of these two teams, and it's just hilarious how this worked out, Lisa, because we were contemplating this before all of this trade news dropped. And it's kind of ironic that we've got them in our power rankings at seven and eight, because between the two of these teams, they engaged in some trades to sort of, you know, ahead of the expansion draft to sort of settle things out and iron things out. Right. So Angel City was a team that only had one player on it. And when we were contemplating this, we were like, geez, what do, what do you do with that? What direction do you go? You know, they have a head coach in Frey Coombe and they have somebody in Kristen Press. And with Chicago Red Stars, we knew that at the time, uh, they had a roster intact that had just come off of a, a championship finals appearance. They earned the runner up in that one and the two, one loss to Washington spirit, but a roster that still had players like Amal Pugh, right? Players, players like in the midfield, like Morgan Gatra and Sarah Waldmo strong midfield. Right. And they had players who were out with injury for large portions of the season. Alyssa Nair only getting eight games with the club that year. And then Julie Ertz only playing one game and being out due to injury after the Olympics. Uh, So to see this big trade, let's just talk about it. It ended up uh, being that the Chicago Red Stars uh, traded Sarah Gordon, their uh, Iron Woman center back, and Julie Ertz to Angel City, uh, along with uh, international slots as well. Uh, for roster protection in the uh, NWSL expansion drafts. And 
they also made an additional trade with San Diego FC, who we have obviously lower in this power ranking, but another trio of players that they're sending to San Diego FC for more uh, roster protection. So there's there's a bit of a perception right now that in terms of a winners and losers in this one, that Chicago is coming away uh, kind of bloodied and battered <laughs> in this one. And you know what? You got to talk about it that way because that is the that is the perception and that's that is what happens when sometimes there are trades sometimes there sometimes there are winners sometimes there are losers sometimes it works out for everybody and this one the perception is that the two cali teams are the ones that are ma- are, are making out in this one but this all comes in light of a lot of disappointing things right a, a third finals appearance for the club in chicago and, and coming away empty-handed um a, a bit of a scandal that they were rocked with post their exit from that and in the resignation late in the night of, of their former head coach, Rory Dames in light of reports that came out following that um, highlighting uh, abusive language and environments uh, from, from Dames. And this all comes within this press release that the club puts out saying that they made trades with three different clubs, Lisa, uh, for multiple players. And, um, that included somebody in Nikki Stanton going to oil ring. So there is, it's like a number of players going to three different clubs. And one of those is angel city. And I have to say the fact that those three players right now on angel city's roster have familiarity with each other as all former Chicago red stars, I think is only going to be beneficial to angel city as they continue to build and grow their roster. So I think that's why we got to keep them at seven. And I think that's why we got to knock down Chicago at number eight, which is still a pretty high spot in these power rankings, consider that there are now 12 teams. Sandra, it's so funny because I can't agree with you more. As as you said, we did this content planning way before any of these trades happened uh, late in this week, the first week of December. And we had Angel City high. I kind of, I think when we chatted about it, one of my arguments was that these owners for Angel City seem to want a lot. They seem to want to be winners. And sometimes confidence is key. And that's really all you need to plow through and, and do what you need to do. They have money that they're willing to spend on their players and on their clubs. Um, and that can go a long way if you invest in the right things, um, the right players to have the right energy in the club. And that's why we put Angel City there. Then after all of the trades and things that happened, it really solidified that Angel City should be towards the top of these 12 teams in our power rankings. Um, And and that's exactly right with Julie Earth, Sarah Gordon, now being acquired by this team, Kristen Press as well. They, They have a lot of star power there, which is similar to my initial reaction that Angel City has a lot of star power in their ownership. They have a lot of money. They have a lot of experience um, on the pitch and and running things. So I think they're going to do pretty well. Um, You also mentioned San Diego Wave, and and they're a little bit farther down on our list. (laughs) Um, They've also gone through a lot of changes this year, acquiring different players um, uh, throughout the team. And they're also an expansion team. And as we mentioned before with expansion teams, They tend to face rocky roads at the start of their very first season. It's a little bit harder to predict. Um, Do they have enough momentum behind it? Do they have the right foundation for the players going into the league? And I think that's why we put San Diego a little bit lower than Angel City, Um, because although both expansion teams, there's just something that shines a little bit brighter (laughs) about Angel City. However, San Diego, they're still not even at the bottom of our list. That is 
very surprising. I think that says a lot about the way that these two organizations and these two clubs, San Diego and Angel City, are built, um, that they have this culture of winning. And when you look at San Diego, they have Jill Ellis and they have Casey Stoney as their head coach. And I think that that foundation of having Stoney as the coach says a lot about uh, how this team is going to behave um, and, and how they're going to play throughout the 2022 season. Also nestled in between them at our number nine team is North Carolina courage. Um, this is a team that faced a lot of adversity going through um, a, a lot of tough conversations off the pitch, which did affect them on the pitch. And because of that, uh, they will be going through some of the biggest changes in this off season and going into next season. Um, which is why North Carolina, who is traditionally a power team in this league, isn't towards the top of our list. They also lost Sam Uis when they sent her to Kansas City, who was a big part of that midfield unit and that team. Of course, they still have uh, players that can do a lot of things. They have Sean Nahas, who has been announced the head coach for North Carolina Courage, which I personally think is a tremendous hire for him. A lot of Courage players have come out and said that Sean Nahas is a wonderful coach. Um, they advocated for him to stay there. I have friends that played for him at the youth level, and they really enjoy playing for him and, and understanding the way he coaches. But not not a top five team in North Carolina, but honestly, not towards the bottom either. They're ranked number nine on our list, just ahead of San Diego. Well, I guess let's get to those final two teams. And before we get to them, got to maybe put a disclaimer on this. We are not anti-purple on this <laughs> show. Big fans of the color of like that it comes in all shades. But we've got Racing Louisville at number 11, and we've got Orlando Pride at number 12. And honestly, I think when we were doing this content planning, Lisa, a big reason why we put them there is just because there were a lot of unknowns and not a lot of ideas either within that. They had missing pieces in Racing Louisville throughout their entire season. Um, players with talent, but unable to just really come together. The bright spot and silver lining in there, obviously somebody in Emily Fox, but this is one player uh, in the outside back position and wanting to see a little bit more they're going to have to make some pieces and really try to develop a spine up that pitch to really compete in this in, in this league. And they're also going to have to get themselves a head coach uh, because uh, Chrissy Holly was terminated for cause midseason, bringing in Mario Sanchez in the interim. And one of the first move offseason moves that racing did was say that he's actually not going to stay on in the mm -hmm. head coach head coaching role. So they're in the process of a having to find a new head coach and uh, b trying to maybe look at some different pieces to build up that roster in their second year now in 2022 and similar things for, for Orlando pride. Also some issues with coaching uh, had their coach leave mid season could maybe kind of point to that and say that it derailed the team of the team in a little bit of ways, because this was a team that went on an undefeated seven game streak to start off the season and then really just sort of floundered throughout the remainder of that season. And there are still question marks around that team. There's new ownership in Orlando for both Orlando City and the Orlando Pride. So while they still uh, are rumored uh, to be connected in their head coaching search to UCLA's Amanda Crummel, that has not been made official yet. There's also the additional rumor that just got put out there, um, reported by Meg Linehan of The Athletic, that uh, Allie Krieger and Ashton Harris uh, are in conversations or potentially rumored to head to Gotham FC, but that's unofficial as of our time of recording this. And there's still question marks about somebody like Martha or Alex Morgan. What is this Orlando Pride team going to look like in 2022? We do not know. And for that reason, we've got both racing and Orlando Pride closing things out at 11 and 12. 
And it's not to be disrespectful. I, I do want to reiterate that. We love the color purple. And it's no disrespect <laughs> to Louisville or, Bruce, or Orlando Pride. I think that even when you look at this season for Orlando Pride, they had their moments, but it was almost like a rebuilding year or a year where it was like, let's just hang on by a thread. I, I think that this Pride team needs a season to kind of reset. And that could be this season. That's why they're at the end of this list, frankly, because they need that reset season to kind of establish themselves. They do have a lot of older superstar players that we could see movement around. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if we do. Heck, we don't even know if Alex Morgan is going to be traded and go somewhere at the, at the time of this recording, which I wouldn't be surprised if she does. And that really changes the identity of this team as a whole. And having two clubs coming in in California, I think it disrupts the the roster for Orlando a little bit. And Racing Louisville, they need they need those pieces to keep building up an expansion team. Last year in the 2021 season, they don't tend to do well right off the bat. They need a, they need a few years under their belt to really establish themselves and get going. But um, I'm really pleased with our top five that we put out there, and and overall trying to look at the landscape of the NWSL 2022 season with 12 teams coming in. It was a lot to digest, Sandra. It really was. Absolutely. <laughs> I loved doing it, and I loved doing it with you and, and trying to predict, rub our magic ball, see what happens next year. Same. I love that this season ended and we still had to hop right back into the action with all the offseason moves. <clears throat> Let's run it back for everybody one more time before we close it out. Number one, we have Washington Spirit. Number two, O.O. Rain. Number three, Portland Florence FC. Number four, New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Number five, Kansas City Current. Number six, Houston Dash. Number Seven, Angel City FC. Number eight, Chicago Red Stars. Number nine, North Carolina Courage. Number 10, San Diego Wave FC. 11, Racing Louisville. And number 12, Orlando Pride. Thank you all for listening. I want to give you a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. If you leave us a five-star re- review on Apple Podcasts with a question, Lisa and I will answer it during our mailbag segment. We're also available as videos. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And Lisa and I will be back on Monday with more of the off-season madness. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.